I I feel like this particular wine review episode is is going to play out like a short story. It's one of those short stories where uh there there is barely a plot. No, 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 keep listening. <laughs> keep listening. But you're going to you're going to enjoy the journey. You're going to enjoy the ride. I might be wrong, right? This is this is my this is my like um Babe Ruth prediction of what's going to happen. You know, doesn't he, doesn't he like point? I'm a- acting as if like this is a movie. This is like, this is like a historical sports fact, right? Babe Ruth would like point to where he would hit the ball. <laughs> My need to pretend I understand what I'm talking about when it comes to American baseball. Someone pointed out to me the other day, that just they they listen to a bunch of my podcasts in a row. God help them, and they they were like, "You reference a lot of like baseball like idioms, and I don't watch the sport, and I barely know anything about it. I'm the wrong person to use it." Welcome to Sick Palette. My name is Deepa Shreeder. I'm your host. Um, I still I still got the allergy blues, y'all, but it's not. It's not as nuts as it was last week. We're getting we're get getting less of it, I think. Um and not because of the weather, okay? Um we are we are firmly in April territory and I can't remember a time in April being in Austin, Texas and having weather that dipped into the 50s. Yesterday I had a meeting, uh, so I was driving in the rain, and it was 48 degrees in April. So uh, we get it. We're ready. We're ready for hot weather. So uh, let's get it going. I don't know who pissed it. Who pissed off weather? Was it me? I shouldn't have talked so much winter shit. I think it was me. Um. I said we're going to go on go on a little bit of a journey on this wine review. It's because uh, I wanted to make sure that this particular bottle that we're talking about this week feels like a continuation of last week's uh, education for myself. We're not going Austrian; we're going German. But I but I wanted to kind of continue on the light effervescent wines. Uh, that come from that particular region. So I went to, I went to uh, one of my local wine stores that I love so much, and and there was a lone bottle, and it, it was a little higher priced than I would usually try to cover on this po- podcast. If you've noticed, when we talk about wine reviews, we're trying to stay kind of between that. On the lowest, we'd go about fifteen to seventeen dollars, and on the highest, we'd go about thirty to thirty-five. But I feel like that's where a lot of wine that is good quality just kind of lives between. That's a sweet spot. I feel where you can go to a store or you can go online directly to that wine label and pick up a case and pick up pick a cup pick up a couple bottles, pick up a bottle, whatever it is. Um, because that, that's the other thing, right? If we're, if we're doing a wine podcast, 
and we're saying that we want it to feel more accessible to everybody, then that's that's typically the range that that feels pretty accessible, I think. Right. Um, so the, I I went into my local wine store and I saw it's it's a bottle for forty bucks, which is which is a little bit higher priced. Um, and for a couple reasons, I'm not going to focus on this particular brand, but I'm going to focus on the style and I'm going to focus on my first sort of, um, ideas of this particular style of wine, because I don't know enough. I don't know enough about this grape. I don't know if it's a bottle that, um, is a good representative of what I'm trying to find out here. This is my first foray. Um, so let's let's get into it. All right. Okay, so let's get into this bottle. So uh I'm walking I'm walking into one of my local wine stores, and, and there's only there's only one one left of this particular bottle, okay? Um I'm not gonna focus on today much about this particular bottles branding or um, exact specifications of the bottle because I want to sort of dive into this particular sort of grape. I've never encountered this style, this German style of winemaking with this particular grape. So I feel like when that is the case, I don't really have the, um, I don't really have any kind of sort of want to say like, hey, I'm going to tell you if this is subjectively good or bad. I, I'm still going to give you my opinion, but it, it doesn't hold the same weight. And I don't want this to be some sort of um, merit uh, on, I don't want this to have some sort of merit scale on this particular uh, wine wine label, if that makes sense. All right. So there was only one of one. And the other thing is that this this was a, a bottle that also is slightly more on the expensive side. If you've noticed on this podcast, we typically try to try to make sure that the wines that I'm reviewing or covering, talking about whatever you want to say, is between $15 and about $30 to $35. Because I feel like within that range, you're going to be able to find a, a wine bottle that you like that you can then buy a case of directly for from the winemaker. Or you can buy a couple bottles at the grocery store or at your local wine store. And it's not going to be one of those things where um, this is a huge investment. I want people to, I want more people to get into wine. I want more people to talk about wine. I want more people to drink wine. But I want it to make sense for where people are coming from this, right? So if you're already, you know, drinking great beer or you like a cocktail here and there, then when you look at a $20, $25 bottle of wine um, and you're hearing that, you know, it's it's made in a particular way um, that's, that's better for the environment. Um, you know, these are, these are small batch winemakers. It, it makes it easier to make that purchase happen, right? So that's another reason why I don't want to particularly, uh, 
focus on this particular bottle. I want to focus on the grape and what I'm thinking and where I'm at. And hopefully, hopefully as I get more iterations of it, I can maybe understand it a little bit better, okay? A lot of preamble, a lot of preamble here. So, (laughs) anyways, uh, I pick it up. It was only one of them, but uh, essentially it's it's a pet nat style, which, you know, we're, we're talking about fizzy, effervescent, needing to call in spring. That's that's right down the middle right there. Um, and it's a it's a white wine grape. It's a German wine and it's called a a, a Weiss, Weiss uh, Burgunder. And it's that it's that where it is a V E I instead of the S, it does that thing where it kind of looks like a B, but I know it's not a B. Um, it's that German alphabet that I know you're supposed to say Weiss, but it's uh, it looks like Vibe Burgunder. So uh, it's a pet nat. So that means that it is a, a natural sparkling wine. Now, just a quick brief overview again of what pet nat is is uh, that is petulant naturel. It's a method of winemaking. So it's not, it's, we're not talking about the grape here. We're not talking about a certain region. We're talking about a style of winemaking. Um, and essentially, essentially, it's a champagne style of sparkling wine. 100% not champagne for many reasons. You're going to get a cloudier um, sort of sparkling wine because it's got a lot of that natural sediment there. Uh, the reason why it's called Petulant Naturel, it's a very old style of uh, winemaking, which is a lot of natural wine. Even though natural wine is very en vogue, it is uh, hearkening back to older winemaking styles. So this is, a, this is known as an ancestral method, okay? Essentially what it is is you bottle the wine while it's still in the middle of fermentation. So you're actually trapping all of that carbon dioxide, which makes it then sort of get really wild and fizzy and, and poppy. Like, uh, I remember, uh, I don't know if they still do this, but a lot of like old William Chris Petnat bottles would, would kind of like give you a little bit of a warning of like, Hey, this, this one's a little wild. So like, watch out when you try to open it, which I, which I really loved. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's more of an unpredictable, at least is what is my interpretation. It's an unpredictable um, style of sparkling wine. So you, you, the fizziness is is not something that is uh, down the middle like what you're expecting with every bottle. Every bottle is, is, is very special and it's going through its own carbon dioxide process, okay? So pet nap with a, a, a Weisbergender grape, which is a white wine grape. So when we're talking about this white wine grape, uh, where did it come from? So essentially it's a Pinot Blanc grape. Um, German Pinot Blancs have been in the area for a while. Um, and it is actually one of, uh, the largest, uh, or it's the most widely planted white variety in Germany, the Weisbergender, uh, sometimes it's translated to the white Burgundian, 
So uh, it kind of means that maybe it's like hearkening back to Burgundy, France. Um, it's supposed to taste very effervescent. Um, it's it's basically um, a little bit fresher tasting. It should be light to medium. Um, it's delicate. It's got a little bit of spiciness. So we're talking about something that feels very similar to a lot of sparkling wine grapes that you would use, where you're just getting fizzy, delicate, effervescent, which is interesting because uh, of the journey I went on, okay? Now, now remember, this was only, this was the only bottle of this, of this uh, particular, like, I, I only saw one of it. And it was from 2020. Now, here's the other thing. For me, a lot of the pet nats that I've drank are at most about one to two years old. It's not one of those things that I've seen age for a while. It doesn't mean it, do- it can't. I just, I haven't seen it. Um, once again, that's probably something I need to learn more about. Winemakers, don't be afraid to fucking school me, okay? I need it especially right now when we're when we're uh trouncing through territory we have no idea about. So this was a bottle from 2020. So this is this is a 3-year-old bottle pet nat. So once again, I don't know if it is um the circumstance of this bottle or of or this is this is how the game goes when we're talking about this particular German grape. So, uh, I'm going to go through my wine notes and, and we're going, we're going to try and land the plane here. Okay. (laughs) So day one taste. So for a lot of y'all that have been on this, uh, natural wine journey with me, y'all know that sometimes when a natural wine bottle has a little bit too much dip on that chip. I sometimes take about two to three days to finish it because it, it's it's just a bit too uh, wild that first that first time, or, or I'm catching that sip after I've maybe had a couple glasses of wine of something else. So so there's many reasons why perhaps that first day I'm not able to like be sold on a bottle. First thing, open it and it smells. I say in all caps, funky. Exactly like pizza, which uh, that's not a bad thing. I love pizza. And I do write, wine makes me hungry. Um, it's super, super bu- bubbly. It is, as soon as I opened it, it was, it was wild and wacky. And it was just sort of fizzing all over the place. So we did, we did lose a little bit of that bottle um, after that first pop, okay? And, um, it, it was really staccato on that first taste, meaning I got a lot of fizz, um, and not a lot of note other than funk. Uh, that second sip, it tasted a lot like wild cherry. Um, and I wrote it's severe, meaning yeah. Like I said, we're trying to land a plane here, okay? 
staccato and wild cherry. It, it's just not my personal preference when I'm wanting to dive into a bottle, okay? It was, it was uh, pretty severe on the taste, meaning it, it, was, it was funky and abrupt, which, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how to pair a funky, abrupt sort of style, and that might be on, on me. So I did write, it does not pass the Tamron test. Uh, this is the most pronounced sort of pet gnat I've ever tasted. And then I did also write, is it normal to have one from three years ago? That's a, that's a question. That's a question for y'all wine experts out there. Let me know, is it normal to have a pet gnat from three years ago? So we're on day two. I write, still, still a nose on it, so still got that funk, but it's, uh, it's less wild cherry in a good way, and it's softened up. It's softened up, um, and it's gone more lemongrass than wild cherry. So I, I want to, maybe next week, let's get another German, German Weisbergender I'll, I'll do a little bit of research. Let's get another one in here because to me, this bottle did so much better day two. Day three, day three, I was like, oh, uh, and, and that's not the way you're supposed to have wine, right? Uh, listen, I'm, I'm all for having wine in, in untraditional ways, but I'm not sure about opening a bottle on day one and letting it sit sit in the fridge for a couple days, and then taking it out. Let me, let me know, guys. We don't know <laughs> about the Weisbergender. And I, and I would like to know. I would like to know some great examples. Um, I, I do know that Riesling is right there and we can talk about it, but I feel I, I want to I wait to talk about Riesling because everyone is always like, oh, Riesling is what you have with Indian food, which is like fine, but let's, uh, let's just keep it over there for right now, okay? Um, the, bottle, the bottle tasted great day three. Um, and that means, that means I'm in a place where I have, I have no sort of roadmap of, whether or not I had something of quality or whether or not I had something um, that was a good reflection of a German grape, uh, Weisbergender, I, I, I'm here. I'm here taking notes and I need a little bit of a pathway here. So we're going to leave it right there. It's a it's a definitely an unconventional wine review that we've got going, but I want this to be the first foray. So next week, next week, we're gonna bring in another Weisbergender. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go, I'm going, I'm gonna go to one of my local wine experts and see if we can sniff out um something, something that can give me a a true a true north here, so to speak. All right. So we're just gonna leave it there. We do not know if I had something good or not. I do not know. All right. We're going to figure it out.
what I do know, what I do know is good, is that tonight, tonight is uh, my uh, continuing dinner series at Antonelli's Cheese Shop for those, for the local Austinites listening to the podcast. Um, it is sold out, but uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited. But do look out for more um, Antonelli's slash sick palate dinner collab events because um this this is my second time doing doing basically a south indian cheese board um at the cheese place um antonelli's so i you know it, it for me it's it's always a super fun combination uh we really do kind of continue that idea of like why um, spicy, spicy, uh, tamarind and sour notes belong, belong in fine dining. Um, and this is just a continuation of it. So I love it. Uh, also I haven't officially announced it on Instagram. I haven't officially announced it, um, through, through, I haven't done a press release about it yet. I'm about to, but I wanted to give it first to y'all. Substackers, Spotify listeners, however you however you get your sick palate weekly podcast. Um, I'm starting a monthly dinner series, and it's going to be held at the most brilliant, gorgeous, perfect training kitchen. Starting that second week of every month, starting in May, um, it's going to be a pretty pretty big departure for me in the sense that we're still going to give you the same flavors. Uh, it's going to be obviously an evolution of the style of cooking I like to do, but we're doing everything plated. It's not family style. It's not a family style supper club. You're getting four courses. You're going to get four composed plates. Come on now. Uh, a little bit of a challenge for myself creatively. I love it. Um, using a lot of the local produce that is grown right there on the premises. Um, and, uh, also, you know, making sure that we're sourcing sustainably and creating something that feels very South Indian and very Texan all at the same time. So that is going to be in the notes. Um, it's going to be on a platform called eat with, but do sign up. It's only 15 seats a night. So we're doing it for three nights uh, second week in May. So, you know, that's, that. it's limited. This is the definition of limited. So thank you guys so much for supporting and listening, um, to the podcast. Thank you. I, I, I'm always so, so, so thankful every week, every week I get a few more paid subscribers. I really, really appreciate it. It helps me be able to continue to, figure out how I'm going to get you guys some quality content. Some fun newsletters are about to start coming out, especially for paid subscribers, uh, as well as a couple interviews down the road. So it pays to pay. I'm going to go. I'm sorry about that. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all next week.